Hi, this is David Dylan Thomas, and this is the uh, Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm actually still figuring out what the title is, um, but it's a podcast about cognitive bias. The reason I don't have a title yet is because I didn't want searching for a title to stop me from actually recording the podcast because I could just delay this forever. So I wanted to sort of force myself to get started. Even if I didn't have a title, we'll figure that out later. But um, this whole thing is inspired by this project I've started where uh, once a day I've looked up one new cognitive bias. Um, and a cognitive bias is basically just a thing that we do as humans that just defies rational explanation. And when I give you the first example today, you'll, you'll kind of know what I mean. But it's one of those things in human behavior where any rational thinking person would do something different. But we're not rational thinking people. We're, we are what we are. And, we're, and cognitive bias is sort of shows us up for that. Um, the reason I got interested in uh, cognitive biases in the first place uh, is, among other things, I've been really interested in understanding you know, inequality and uh, how people treat other people poorly for no good reason whatsoever. Um, and I saw this talk by um, Iris uh, Bonnet at um, South by Southwest. It was called Gender Equality by Design. It was the first time I saw any kind of connection between um, sort of the ways people uh, treat each other poorly based on race or gender or class. Um, that connected it to something more just fundamental in human behavior, these cognitive biases, these pattern recognition, basically. Um, and uh, as a result, I became much more interested in, you know, where does this come from? You know, is there any way that this can be used for good and not evil? Or are there ways to kind of combat these cognitive biases? So I wanted to learn more about them. So I went to Rational Wiki and I basically looked up... Um, uh, they just have a list of cognitive biases, and there are hundreds of them. It's crazy. And I said, okay, this is too much. Let me just try to focus on one a day. And I literally sort of have in my, you know, calendar of list of things to do, just cognitive bias of the day, and I'll look it up. And I've been doing that for a week or two now, and it's been really fascinating. Talks to my friend uh, um, Emily McManus about this, and she insisted. And every time I talk to her, she insists again, you have to do this podcast. You have to do this podcast. So I'm doing it. No idea how it's going to turn out. Probably won't be able to do one a day, but I'm going to start recording, you know, at least one episode for each cognitive bias that I look up. And uh, for our pilot episode, um, the very first one I looked up is called the bandwagon effect. And it's pretty much what you expect, right? Um, people talk about jumping on the bandwagon. It's an idiom, and it basically means if everybody else is doing it, I want to be doing it too. And it's a very real phenomenon. Um, it actually uh, was coined because of an actual bandwagon, a bandwagon was an actual wagon that would carry a band around. And this entertainer back in the day, Dan Rice, had one that would accompany uh, Zachary Taylor during his political campaign. Zachary Taylor won, so after that, everybody running for office had to have a bandwagon. So that phrase, jumping on the bandwagon, right, sort of, sort of comes along. And you see it in politics um, when you report on the East Coast that a certain... Um, uh, this happened with Reagan in the 80s. They, they had reported, I think NBC News reported that Reagan won before the polls had even closed on the West Coast. Um, you see it with uh, in sports when, you know, all of a sudden attendance goes up because, oh, now we've got LeBron James, you know, and, <laughs> and we're winning games now. Um, you know, same team we all claim to be fans of, but when they're winning, we like them better. Um, and the one that it's sort of close to home for me, because I'm a, a content strategist and I spent a lot of time in you know, the tech world, was the tech bubble of the late 90s and early 2000s, where all you had to do was put the word .com at the end of whatever it was your company 
uh, was selling and, and, and investors would just line up and say, oh, it says .com, it must be good. It has E before it. Oh, E, insurance, E, whatever. Yeah, absolutely, let me buy that. And we all saw how that turned out, but it was a bandwagon effect. Um, now, what I find really fascinating about the bandwagon effect is this one sort of vein of it, which is um, conformity experiments. Because a lot of this is just coming back to conformity and social pressure. And uh, the real kind of hard science around this is the ASH conformity experiments. That's A-S-C-H. I highly recommend you look these up. These are fascinating. But basically what happened was they would put um, the subject in a room with like 12 other people. And um, they would give them a task, which was to look at one card that had a line on it. And they'll look at another card that had like options A, B, and C. And one of those lines was the exact same length as the line on that first card. And then the other two, you know, let's say B and C were not. So the correct answer, and it was obvious, right? It wasn't subtle. It wasn't an optical illusion. It was very obvious that A was the right answer, right? Anyone looking at that, any rational person looking at that would say A was the right answer. But here's the trick. They wouldn't ask the subject, right, until the other 12 people in the room had answered. And the other 12 people in the room were all in on the experiment, and they all answered like B or C, even though B and C were completely wrong. But they would all consistently answer, let's say, B. So by the time you get to the last person, the subject, they would say pretty consistently, yes, B, even though they knew, right? And you would ask them afterwards, right? They knew that the correct answer was A. But because there was so much social pressure, they would start to doubt themselves and say, maybe I interpreted the question wrong, or maybe my eyes aren't seeing this right. If everyone else is saying it's B, it must be B, right? Um, and this didn't happen all the time, but like 90% of the time, right? They, they would do like, you know, 12 or so of these trials. And most of the time, people would change, well, you know, change their answer from what would be the most logical, obvious answer. Um, so even when the right answer is staring us in the face, we will still feel pressure to and very often change our minds and give what any rational person, even ourselves, would say is obviously the wrong answer. That's how strong social pressure is. Now, it's strong, but it's also kind of weak because they did another version of this where they would put um, one or two people in the room who would answer correctly. They would say A, and everyone else would say B, but they would say A. Just having one or two other people in the room who were answering like the rational answer would give that final person, the actual subject, enough confidence to go ahead and most of the time actually say, yes, I think it's A. So it doesn't take much to shift the uh, conformity uh, in that situation, but it, 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 it makes a huge difference, right? If everybody else is saying it's, it's uh, B, you're probably gonna say B, even though you know damn well it's A. Um, so this is sort of, you know, a weakness. It's something we have to be aware of in ourselves. And one of the themes you'll see as we go through um, these biases is that even knowing about them isn't really enough. <laughs> we still kind of, we're still susceptible to them. Um, but, uh, but knowing is a start, I guess. And that's kind of why I'm, I'm fascinated by these and I want to share them. So um, that's it for this one. Um, and I uh, hope to make some more and I hope you get something out of this and learn more about this. And uh, really uh, all I'm doing like there's no, uh, you know, science to this. I'm Googling the term and just looking stuff up and seeing what I find out and then sharing it with you. So if you want to learn more, you do what I do and just do more of it. Uh, Google bandwagon effect. Um, the Ash conformity experiments I found on the Wikipedia entry for the bandwagon effect. And there's many, many more um, rabbit holes to go down that I just didn't have time to do. But if this is interesting to you, that's exactly what I'd recommend. Um, I hope to see you next time on what we'll call for now the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm David Dolan Thomas. Thanks so much.